And with that, let's move on to captaincy this week. Yes, let's talk captaincy because it seems crazy to even bring this up in a double game week where Man City have a match. But people are asking, should you really captain Haaland this week? Is there someone else you should captain? Is there? Is Haaland even the best Norwegian captain this week? <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back to the FPL Banger Podcast. My name is Siva and I'm joined once again by Sam for our double game week 23 preview. Sam, obviously we all captain Rashford and we've all got massive hauls, you know, triple captain. I didn't captain Rashford. (laughs) (laughs) But I still did decently. You know, I rolled the dice. Fernandez, Bruno, Fernandes over Rashford. Um, you know what's really annoying? In the first game, he had a pen, you know, double-digit haul. But he actually did not have any shots in the box, despite the pen. In the second game, he was all over it. I think um, he had three shots on target, which is the team John highest. He had a lot of big chances, big chances created. The underlying stats were really good in the second game, but he blanked. <laughs> so, yeah. Very unfortunate. Actually, I'll be honest, I watched both games and I thought Bruno was really unlucky. It's one of those weird weeks where, like you say, you know, he's had games where he doesn't deserve a haul, he gets it, and then he actually deserved it against Leeds. So many chances. I think he created one chance for Garnacho that was cleared off the line. I mean, very lucky. I, I did triple captain Rashford, and I think I got a little luckier in that sense. And... Having had that sort of triple captaincy chip out of the way, it felt like a very big deal. But actually, you think about it, it's not that big a deal, right? For those who didn't triple captain Rashford, like yourself, Sam, you probably lost anywhere between 10 to 20 points, give or take. Like I it- think um, I lost 16 points, I think, triple captaining Bruno over Rashford, which is not a very big deal, you know. 16 is all right. Uh, most people who did the Haaland triple captaincy the previous week and then Rashford, you know, a normal captaincy this week, lost 12 points. So none of this is season-breaking. Yes, I, I'm celebrating the triple captaincy like it's a big deal. It's just because I think all of us know we've had much worse triple captains, right? Like we've all had the three-point triple captains and so on. So I think it's out of the way. You don't have to worry about the chip now. And it's great. Now you can focus on the rest of the season without planning so much around that one chip. Yep, agreed. Happy to get it out of the way with a haul, you know. Yeah, so, could be much yeah. worse. But now we get back into the planning stage and we have yet another double game week this week, right? Arsenal and Man City. So two of the best teams uh, in the league. Well, w- the best team in the league and a team that's about to get relegated to the conference or the, the National League, if you read w- what the news says about City. City have very decent double game week this week, Villa and Arsenal. Arsenal have... Brentford and City, a lot of questions because I think a few weeks ago, these teams were very subtle, not many changes made, especially before the World Cup. You could predict both teams starting 11. We spoke a lot about, you know, early in the season about how it's so easy this year. There's no such thing as Pep Roulette. Pep Roulette is pretty much back now. Like, everybody's uncertain again, with the exception of maybe Haaland. So we had, I thought, a good question to start off here, which is from Fly Me to Tokyo. Any recommendation for a City second asset? I worry about Pep Roulette because it will cost me a negative four. Should I play safe with Ake or try and go for the upside with, say, an attacker like Grealish or Mahrez? Now, Sam, both of us, context here, we both own Mars and Haaland, right? And that's it. We don't have a third city asset. So I think for us as well, this is relevant. 
are you bringing in an extra city asset and would it be a defender or a midfielder? I'm not, Siva. Um, I thought about it long and hard. For a long time, I was pretty certain I would try a, a city defender. The thing is, I don't really trust um, them to start every game. Uh, you mentioned Ake, but I think, in my opinion, Akanji would be the the more safe asset. I think he started every game uh, since the restart, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like his place is more certain in the team. But then, I'm not confident of City's chances to keep clean sheets. They haven't really been keeping clean sheets that much. The benefit is they do play in 25. They don't have a blank. So, that does solve one headache. But overall, I just decided City defenders are not worth it. Any other attacker besides Haaland and Mares don't look worth it to me either. So, yeah. I'm just sticking with two City assets this week. I think the fascination with Arke is because I think slightly seems like a slight in theory people feel he's a more secure pick because he is the closest thing they have to a left back now that Cancelo is gone. Of course oh, but they played Laporte. Um Rico Lewis on the left. Rico Lewis did play against Spurs. I, I would debate he as on to... the left and they played Walker on the right. Although I would debate as to how well that went, but it's hard for us to analyze, right? Pep Pep saw Mares play amazingly well in the first half, hit the bar, and then as a reward, took him off. So, mm. I mean, we judge performances differently from Pep. Yeah, Rico Lewis could play there. My my biggest issue with trying to get a City defender this week is I just don't see the long-term upside. Now, first of all, they're playing Villa and Arsenal. You'd expect them to concede against Arsenal. I don't think that's unfair to say. Like, you'd be surprised if they kept two clean sheets. Then going forward, you got the rotation risk. Yes, they play in the blank in 25, but that aside, you'd much rather just have a Newcastle defender or you could just bring in... Newcastle United... don't play 25. Newcastle don't play in 25, but week to week, Newcastle defense is the best defense in, the, you know, in uh, terms of FPL points, right? And they're nailed, they start each week, you never need to worry about who you're getting in. So just it just feels like you're taking a very low upside punt. Like even if it does pay off, you get a... You, None of these are like premium defenders. City defenders are okay. It's like getting Edison in, right? Very low upside. Even if it works out, you're getting six. It, best yeah. case scenario. Low ceiling. Yeah, I feel like if Minimal you're going to gamble, because all City players, yeah, bonus as well. I think all City players are a gamble, but if at least you're going to gamble, I would just gamble with the forwards. I think that's the easiest thing to do here. Even then. um, Yeah, I guess if you were to pick, if gun to my head, I guess... I would rather get a City attacker. However, not many good defense um, playing in 25. Although that seems to have changed because now you have teams who have a double and I'm sure we'll get to the doubles in 25 later on. So yeah. But coming back to the options that you have from City. So uh, Fly Me to Tokyo who asked the question, right? Uh, they don't have Mares yet. Now you and I both have Mares, so we don't have this issue. But I think for a lot of people who don't already own Mares this week, they are reluctant to bring him in because they saw him being taken off against Spurs. How would you feel, Sam, if you didn't already own Mares? Would you be using a transfer in this week on him? I think I I would because I'm fairly certain he is still first choice for Pep. Now, early substitutions can always happen in a Pep team or in any team, actually, now that the fixtures are getting kind of congested. But... I think it's the same logic we did in the the week we brought Mares in, which was double gimmick 20, uh, in which 
you know, on a single game week, he might play 60, he might play 30. It's a bit risky. But in a double game week, you can be sure across the two games, he can probably get at least 120 minutes. Or 100 minutes or so- something like that. So then the chances of him returning over two games is higher. And Mares is the kind of player who, you know, uh, he does really well when he does play, right? Really good points per minute. So, yeah. I'm totally in agreement with that. And I, I think that is the way to go. That's how we thought about it in Game Week 20. If you get 90 minutes even, Villa and Arsenal, it's not too bad. And you got to look at the fixtures beyond that. 24 City play Forest. Yes, Forest are good at home. But Man City still, I think against this caliber of team, you'd expect them to at least score some goals. And Leeds had a lot of chances against Forest, even if they didn't score. Then they play Bournemouth away. Bournemouth have been extremely poor since the restart. So just for that, I think you can take a gamble. I, I don't see, especially with the attackers, right? The the risk the reward risk reward ratio, I think is much more in favor of going for one of the attackers. I, to bring you full circle, Sam, like everybody owns Haaland, that's not a debate. We've already said we'd go for Mares. I think, Sam, I'm surprised that you're not bringing KDB. I get that KDB has been a very disappointing asset in general, and he has not... He's just not really hauled. But the underlying stats, I don't like to talk about underlying stats, but he, his underlying stats are pretty decent. Like, his XA is still really high. I do feel like it's just, there is going to be a haul at some point, and I kind of want to be around for it. I get it. I get it. Um, I can't really afford KDB unless I sell Fernandez or something like that. And just in isolation, I do feel Fernandez is the better asset over KDB right now. Um, Double game week aside, now KDB does have a double game week and he plays in 25, so you have all those factors. But if you set up your team, you know, um, to get around 25, I'm happy keeping Fernandez for his next two fixtures over bringing KDB in for three fixtures in 23-24. So yeah, that's my logic. Actually, it's four fixtures, Sam. KDB has four fixtures between 23 and 25 and Bruno has two. Now 23-24, I mean... Yeah, so, okay, so, oh, yeah, 23, 24, fair enough. You're not counting 25. Yeah, putting 25 aside first for now. Yeah. For me, I don't really have a great way to navigate 25 like that. Like, I, I need every single spot available. Now, let's talk about 25 very briefly for those who don't know. In game week 25, Brentford, Brighton, Man United, and Newcastle all blank, while Arsenal, Everton, Liverpool, and Wolves all have a double. In simple terms, how that affects most of us, okay, Brighton, probably Mitoma, if you own him, he's missing. United and Newcastle, a lot of us have United and Newcastle players. They will be missing that week. I don't... We've got to talk, talk macro strategy here. Unless you're committed already to using a free hit in 25, which if you are, okay, fair enough. Then you, you do whatever you want this week. You don't need to worry about 25. But for me, I just look at KDB and I think... Villa, Arsenal, Forest, and Bournemouth. He's got four fixtures. Bruno has Leeds and Leicester. And I do think Leicester have been better since the restart. They've actually made some signings. This seemed to be... uh, I was very impressed with how they played against Villa, right? They won 4-2 there. Away from home as well. I just think... I think going Bruno to KDB this week, as reluctant as I am, because I'm a lot of us are flipping that transfer. You didn't do it, Sam, because you'd already sold KDB a few weeks ago. But most people sold KDB this week, like me, to get Bruno. And it seems quite silly to reverse that transfer immediately. But I think four fixtures versus two fixtures, the quality opposition the City face, the fact that KDB has technically had his rest, Pep said it was tactical. I have no reason to doubt Pep on that. I mean, you'd expect KDB to come back in and start. 
I think it's worth a shot. Yeah, I do agree because there are not many midfielders uh, that look appealing right now. I would say in defense, there's quite a lot from the... I'm talking about the teams that play in 25, right? So definitely most people will probably have two Arsenal midfielders by then, or, you know, this week. So then you look at the other teams who play, you got Everton, their midfielders, I, I don't know, Liverpool. Uh, <laughs> and then you got City, which aside from Mares, you could gamble with Grealish, I guess, but not really appealing, and KDB. And then Wolves, again, midfielders are no-go. So uh, basically, not many options. So a, a player that can play in 25, who is good, like KDB, there is definitely an appeal to that. Well, all depends on how you set up your team, I guess. Who do you want to bench in that uh, in that week in twenty five? Okay, I feel like I'm on my way to convincing you, but nah, I won't push it too far. I don't, I don't want to make your mind up, Sam. Um, like you said, I don't really think Relish is a great pick. This the I looked at his recent stats; it looks okay. And on the eye test, I think he looks better than actually what he's been returning in FPL wise. I mean, he's two a goals all season, pick, I think. Right, um, three assists in the past six games or something like that. I'm assuming you're saying all competitions. It's well, he's got three assists since the restart and ah, since the restart. Sorry, yeah, yeah. a so... goal and three assists since the restart. It's okay. I think the minutes do put me off. I mean, already if, if you're stacking up Mars and Grealish, I feel a bit more wary. Grealish has got some thirty minutes here, thirty-three minutes here, then ninety minutes. I don't know, and Foden does exist, although. Does seem to have Pepsi vanished from the face of the earth, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just think I feel like I would assume all things being equal, KDB gets more minutes and more minutes on the field. I think just a slightly higher chance. I don't think KDB's value for money, let's be very clear. I think you're paying a really high price for probably somebody who's gonna get six, seven points in you know in a good week. But we all have a lot of cash. So I don't think value for money is really a consideration now. Yeah. I think it's really team dependent, I guess. So for me, I'm happy to bench Trippier, Rashford, and Fernandez in gimmick 25. So my whole strategy revolves on getting players who play aside from this tree. So therefore, I'm happy to keep Fernandez. But it depends on you. If you don't want to keep Fernandez and you're benching, let's say, Shaw, Trippier, and Rashford, then you do need a midfielder who plays and then there are not many options aside from KDB. So, yeah. All team dependent. Very good, Seth. That's that's always the best answer. Uh, <laughs> Safest way. answer. Okay, let's let's move back to Arsenal. Okay, the other team that do double this week and have a double in twenty five. So happy days if you have Arsenal assets. But I think the problem that maybe not you, Sam. Once again, I think you've done some good forward planning here. But the rest of us all have is that a lot of us own Ben White and more problematic. Uh, a more problematic uh, standpoint is Gabriel Martinelli. We spoke I do about own Martinelli. Ben White and Martinelli. Oh, you still? I, I just thought you. Oh, I thought you did. Okay, damn it. I forget I said that. Okay, I both of us own them then. Um, the issue with and Martinelli and Odegaard. Uh, I own Odegaard too. Okay, so that's the difference. I, you own Odegaard. I own Nketiah. Okay, enough about our teams. Coming back to Martinelli, we spoke about it last week, Sam. So I feel vindicated, but also stupid in the same way because. I told you very specifically, his minutes are a risk now and I would be happy to sell, even though some people are saying, how dare you move an Arsenal asset to another one. So, smash cut, one week later, everybody is selling Martinelli this week because subbed off again before 60 minutes for Trossard. I think we don't need to go over this again. This is going to keep happening. Some weeks, he's going to score goals and stay on the pitch, but there is always going to be a heightened risk of a sub, especially because Trossard 
primarily left winger. That's I think what Arteta sees him as. And Martinelli is where you know that's the spot that Martinelli is occupying. Martinelli also runs a lot in the team and generally probably just needs the break more than anybody else. So I think the question that we have here is from Vardy Boys, long-time listener of the pod. Would you prioritize switching Martinelli to Odegaard or Saka over bringing in a third city asset, such as Mars or City Defender? I think this is a very good question because a lot of us are in that position. In fact, I'm in the exact same position where I have to choose between prioritizing the Arsenal you know, fix over a third city asset. What do you think, Sam? I, In the list of priorities, yes. Um, as we mentioned earlier, I'm not keen on a third city asset. I don't really see much point in it. And if the rest of your team is great, then yeah, you can do Martinelli to Saka, I think. Um, what worries me about Martinelli more than the minutes is the positions he's been taking up. So I've um, seen a few comments online about it. And um, I kind of agree that Nketiah kind of stays in the box more, therefore occupying the space that Martinelli used to get into when uh, Gabriel Jesus was playing. Because he used to drop back, open up the space, and Gabriel would cut in from the left and score goals, right? Nketiah is now in the box. He doesn't have space anymore, so he's kind of he's playing further wide. Underlying stats look good, but in the eye test, and you kind of see it happening. So that's more my worry than the minutes. Applying the same logic that we applied uh, for Mares, right? So Martinelli, yes, his minutes might be a bit less. He won't play 19 two games, but it's two games in a week. You know, probably at least 100 minutes or more. So not to worry about minutes, more worried about the tactical side of it. Ideally, I would like to move Martinelli to Saka. However, I need my transfers to make sure I have a full 11 playing in game week 25. So that is a luxury I don't have. If you do, however, if you know your team is great, you're going to have 11 players in 25, everything's all planned out, and you got extra transfers, then yeah, do Martinelli to Saka or Odegaard. Interesting. I feel like this is easy to say now, but I'm less concerned. I've looked at my team. I probably have about 9. If I don't do anything, I could get to 11 for 25 if I need to. I'm less concerned with having 10 in 25 than having the right Arsenal asset because Arsenal double both this week and in 25. So you're going to gain that fixture anyway. Like, I'm not too concerned. And if you look at 25, the single gimmick fixtures, apart from Man City who play Bournemouth, the single gimmicks aren't great. The teams who do double are fairly, if I put it bluntly, they just don't have great FPL assets, right? Everton, Wolves, only uh, and Liverpool especially. I mean, that's a decision I'm only going to make in 25. So I feel like Everton you can... Beat Arsenal, so... Everton did beat Arsenal. We, we, we should... We did have a question here um, that we Dash should address. Ball is in full effect. Get Everton defenders in now. Honestly, it was my worst nightmare. Like, I thought at the back of my mind, maybe this is what they do. But I, I just thought, no, nah, this is different. This Arsenal team is different. But it was a very... Yeah, it was the most... It was the peak Daishin performance. Like, if you think Mourinho's uh, defining victory was the... The, the game against Barcelona, the camp now where they held out for 90 minutes with 10 men. This was Daisha's, like, this will go into his sort of, you know, his career highlight. Not only that, the two players who returned from Everton are both ex-Burnley players, right? Dwight McNeil put in the cross and Tarkovsky scored a goal. Full-on Burnley collect- connection. Yeah, Burnley heritage there. But, straight aside from the point, I think... Coming back to your Arsenal replacement, and before we sort of address, okay, so you said, Sam, if you've got the luxury of the transfer, which you don't, but you say if you do have it, 
you'd be okay making that move. Yeah, I don't see it as a sideway move at all. It's an upgrade, I think. Do you go Saka or Odegaard? All the Ooh. I know budget budget wise is a, is one question. Let's park budget. Let's assume funds are not a problem. Who do you pick? Odegaard. Odegaard. Explain that to me because I I I can understand why, but explain it to me because it's always tempting to go for Saka because Pens technically the sort of goal guy, I guess. But talk to me. Well, up until very recently, Odegaard was the highest scoring midfielder in FPL. So that's the FPL side of things. Saka kind of catched up. He's only 8 points below. Odegaard's cheaper. Odegaard has better underlying stats. Odegaard is also the captain. So you would expect a bit less rotation. Now, Saka is indispensable to Arsenal. However, minutes in the legs, it does pile up. He's been playing a lot. And Trossard can, although unlikely, but if needed, he can come in on the right too if Saka really needs a rest. However, I don't think anyone else in the team can really take Odegaard's position right now. Simply of, you don't really have that many creative um, players up top, I think, uh, who can play in the middle. So I would be happy to go Odegaard. He's cheaper. He also has, um, I think, the most double-digit hauls of anyone in the league who's not named Haaland. So viable captaincy option. It's crazy, man. Uh, it's something. This is this is one of the problems of watching, you know, watching some games and thinking that you're a fan. I've always this is a problem of a bias as well because Odegaard from previous seasons just wasn't at this level, tidy player, but never with this kind of output. And I've just sort of fallen asleep on this. But you're right; all the stats reflect that, and you can see in the games as well now that he's always high up the pitch. He's sort of like KDB at his peak, right? He's always putting through the the final pass, the most important pass. He's unlocking the defenses. He's getting into the box. Yeah, I'm with you. I think yeah. it's... Unless you are unlucky in the sense of, you know, Arsenal get six penalties or three penalties here and there. And penalties, by the way, seem to have reduced. This is a trend that a lot of people have spotted since the World Cup restart. The Premier League have changed the guy who is in charge, like overseeing the VAR. They brought in Howard Webb. And apparently his whole deal is that he wants the on-field decision to try and not be changed. Like if the referee says no pen, he's trying to lean on the people in VAR not to change it. So there just seemed to be a slight, a very, very slight, don't think about it too much, but a very slight reduction in pens. So if pens aside, yeah, and price especially, like you say, price, Odegaard's just so much cheaper. It enables so much more for you to do. I don't yeah, think... he's so consistent too. You know, um, I'm just taking a look and I didn't realize this, but... So he's played every single game this season except game week 8 when he was injured. So since game week 9 up until now, he's only blanked 5 times. Which is pretty incredible. Yeah, Yeah. that is amazing. And for that price as well, it's crazy. And to your point, yes, although we do have Fabio Vera, he's not at at the same caliber. He just hasn't adapted as well. So I think Odegaard took a slight knock this week. That's why he came off. But he's back in training. He looks okay. So as long as Arteta doesn't raise any red flags, Yep, I'm with you. I, I'd go Odegaard over Saka if I had to. Although, ideally, you'd, you'd want both. Just before we move off the Arsenal train, right? Very quickly, Ben White, Sam, are you bothering to t- spend a transfer to get rid because you're scared that Tomiyasu might uh, come in for him? No, I don't have the luxury of it. Ideally, ideally, if I were to wildcard right now, I would have Odegaard, Saka... And probably Enketia, I think. If I really wanted Arsenal coverage, I'll go for Gabriel, who I think has the best attacking threat of all the Arsenal defenders. 
it does worry me, Ben White, Benjamin White. Um, but I don't have the luxury to make that transfer, so I'm good. If you were to bring in an Arsenal defender now, I would highly recommend you go for Gabriel. It's a good thing you said Benjamin White because I read an interview where he does not like to be called Ben. Like he wants to be called Benjamin White. If you see all his socials, his name is Benjamin White. So we'll uh, we'll refer okay. to him. I'll respect his wishes. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully he will listen to that and actually play past sixty minutes this week. I just don't think it is as important a transfer as switching up the midfielder. Like I think the Martinelli replacement is more pressing because Ben White ultimately plays Brentford and City. Do you really see Arsenal keeping a clean sheet in both games? I would love it if they do. But I think you can sort of gamble that probably they won't keep a clean sheet in both. And on that basis, I think you just go for White. If you already have him. Obviously, if you, like you say, on a wildcard, you wouldn't have him. But I don't think that is the most pressing transfer compared to the other stuff we've talked about. Agreed. Agreed. A lot of chat about Arsenal City before we move on to the other topics. Because double gaming. So we're going to focus on these teams, obviously. Just a quick one here from Bearfather. Were Arsenal and City's results last weekend outliers and is Everton back on the menu? So let's take those together, right, Sam? What do you feel? Do you think that Arsenal losing to Everton and City losing to Spurs just a one-off event or indicative of maybe a larger trend to come? Arsenal-wise, I think they were just outdiced. Is that a word? Can we make it a word? <laughs> uh, I, honestly, I thought they looked a bit tired. Uh, whereas Everton were full-on motivated, right? They were chasing every single ball. They didn't allow Arsenal any time at all, you know? Um, And somehow they just couldn't unlock past the press. I'm hoping that it's a one-off. We'll have to monitor and see. As for City, I think um, them losing to Spurs is kind of normal. If I'm not mistaken, they haven't beaten Spurs since uh, they moved to their new stadium. Yeah. Full stop. Five games and zero goals scored or something like that. So not too worried about that. However, I did say a few weeks back that City themselves don't look so impressive. The Spurs game aside, they just don't really look impressive in the past few games. And that trend seems to be continuing. I don't know. I don't know what Pep is doing. Not playing KDB. What's up with that, man? Uh, I really don't know. Hopefully, they get back to their winning ways so we can enjoy some FPL points. He said tactical, and a lot of people drew back comparisons to the most recent game against Spurs, right? Two weeks ago, where he also benched KDB. Something about playing a five-back, he likes to not have KDB. I, I get all that sounds I very pretty, it. It, it, but it didn't work either time, so I, I'm yeah. not sure. So, I mean, like, Haaland. Haaland's whole criticism is that he doesn't drop back to build play enough, right, for a pep team, you know, like... um doesn't drop deep. And so, you know that this is something you need to change in your team or be aware of and your solution is to take off your only creative player and put in another striker. So if building up is your problem to get the ball to Haaland, then why do you take off your most creative player? I, I really don't understand what Pep is doing. But, you know, we I'm not a professional coach <laughs> or manager. So, yeah, I reserve my comments for this podcast and our listeners only. (laughs) But I think coming back to the main point, yes, I do think it is City definitely not as good as they have been, you know, as we knew them, especially at the start of the season. But I don't think it's a massive concern. You still double gaming. You still got effectively the two top teams in the league. You look at their fixtures for these next uh, three weeks and they're facing teams that on paper they ought to beat. So I think, especially City, right? Forest and Bournemouth, like, 
you don't turn that up. You'd you'd go for a weaker team if they had those fixtures. So I think you go for Man City. I wouldn't stress too much about it. Let's talk about very quickly 25 because 25 kind of affects your plans this week for some people who are, like you, Sam, planning very well for 25 and you're looking at teams that double in 25, you'd want to sort of cover some of them. Everton, Liverpool, Wolves. Who do you take from those teams, if any? Everton, I would... Tick-tuck. I think he's cheap, right? He's 4.2 or 4.3. So quite a cheap nail Everton defender who has goal threat as he's shown last weekend. I was very impressed by DCL, Calvert-Lewin. I thought he played well and the underlying stats kind of agree. He had the second most XG um, of all players last weekend with 0.9. Two big chances. So, very impressive. And just thinking as a whole, I feel Dashball kind of suits him. You know, he's a... He's a... I mean, we kind of forgot because we haven't really seen him play for a long time, but he scores most of his goals by haters, right? Uh, crosses in the box. Big guy, tall guy, you know, get up and score. I feel like he might be made for Dashball. So, I'm going to monitor him these next few weeks. He is an option. Um... But aside from these two players from Everton, I don't really see much else. Okay. I agree with you. I don't think there's anything else. That's why I also don't want to make my moves for Everton players this week, if I can, because I'd like to see just a bit more, see how they get on, especially against Leeds. That sort of opposition around their kind of caliber, probably less likely to replicate how the Arsenal game went in terms of, you know, sitting back and waiting. Liverpool, Palace and Wolves, arguably on paper, maybe kind of the best double close to, just slightly behind Arsenal in terms of the fixtures they have in 25. But this is a team badly out of form. Yeah, you're looking at it the wrong way. You should look at it as Wolves having the best fixtures in 25. They're playing Fulham and Liverpool. Wow. Great fixtures for Wolves. Let's bring in some Wolves defenders because both of them can't score. Well, one of them is a a good fixture. The other game is against Fulham, so... Let's focus Fulham on... Fulham hasn't been scoring the past few weeks either, so... Oh, yeah, Mitro is... Ha- it's funny, we don't think about it because we all saw Mitro, but he's having a rotten run. Yeah, I still have Mitro. He's rotting on my bench. Okay, <laughs> did. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, Liverpool. Liverpool... Unless they turn things around in these next two games, I'm still going to avoid. I'm not going to roll the dice on any of them. But I've heard Jota is coming back or close to coming back. And they have a few players coming back, I think. So we'll see. I'm leaving it open first. The route is there, you know, if I do want to get any Liverpool players. Not going to get Darwin though. I've been burned twice already this season. I'm not going to fall for it, you know, a third time. Really, Sam? Let's talk about very quickly because no, we will re. Don't, don't let's... Me to get Darwin. <laughs> We will reassess this when we get closer to 25. My take on this is, if you don't have to bring them in this week, chill out, don't stress about it, and deal with it in 24. You know, don't make that decision now because we know that people are coming back. We know Jota's apparently back in training this week and you've got guys coming back. So don't overthink about this right now. But Darwin Nunes still has, like at some point, this all this XG, all these chances, surely it has to translate to something. Or is it just that he has moved country and then become the worst finisher in the world. I think in the past six games, he has an XG of like almost four, I think, with zero goals. 
Um, yeah, like you said, let's assess, you know. I'm not making plans to bring in Liverpool players right now. As things stand, I'm not going to bring in any Liverpool players. But things can change if they do well the next two weeks. We'll reassess and see. I'm just glad I don't have to decide this this week. Because honestly, if you ask me by tomorrow, pick two, you know, pick three Liverpool players or you want in your team, I would cry. I honestly just don't know what I'd do. Because they all look so awful. Yes, underlying data is there, but as a team, they just something is just not working. Yeah, something to deal with in 25. I guess you get to see them against Everton and Newcastle, and hopefully, you know, because we don't know what to do. Even Klopp doesn't know what to do. Yeah, I think we just you deal with it in 25, I think. Definitely, I will bring in some. I don't think I, I'm as confident as you, Sam, that I would just avoid them completely. It's still a double game week, right? You'd, we went for... Wild Wagos when you play for Burnley. We went for Dennis when you play for Watford. <laughs> but we're not going to touch Liverpool players. You know, Liverpool is the worst team since the restart in the entire Premier League. In terms of goal scored, in terms of goal considered, in terms of points won. So even at their worst, Burnley with Wagos was not this bad. Yeah, but look at Leeds, right? Maybe uh, <laughs> if the manager gets sacked, you know, maybe if Klopp gets sacked in 24 and they bring in Tuchel, Maybe new manager bounce. Yeah, let's see. Let's see in the next two weeks. But definitely, as things stand right now, no Liverpool players in my team. Okay, let's wrap up because that's a lot of forward planning. I think not that much more to discuss this week. You're focusing on City and Arsenal. Wolves. Wolves, Wolves. yes. Go ahead, Wolves. Talk to me about Wolves, who have been really good since Lopetegui came in. Yeah, they have. Been keeping clean sheets, been really solid. I was happy to have Bueno in my bench to come in in 25 but then he got <laughs> dropped this week ah so we'll have to see hopefully it's just a one-off um i think Ait nuri replaced him right yeah. if he comes back in in uh, in 23 then we're safe we can play bono but if you do want a wolves player kilman i think is 4.3 really intriguing guaranteed to play 90 minutes yeah and also i'm just again one of those things that i, I will uh, look at closer 25 something also to bear in mind and this is over overthinking, over forward planning, but you got to sort of bear it in mind, is that there is likely to be a blank for one of these teams in Game Week 28 because it's based on FA Cup results. The problem is you won't know until 26. after 25. Yeah. So you could bring in a Liverpool player in 25 and then you find out they have a blank in 28. That it's dependent on another result. It's dependent on Leeds versus Fulham in the FA Cup. Makes no sense. And basically, that could determine whether Liverpool or Wolves blank at 28. So long story short, I think if you're going for one of these teams, you just got to bear in mind, you probably don't want to load up too much because you will may need to deal with it again in 28. When do you plan to use a free hit, Siva? So I like to just uh, follow what Ben tells me to do. So Ben Krellin. And <laughs> rather than come up with my own ideas, because Ben knows the calendar better than anybody. And Ben, I think, has said, right, he, so he posted this, we'll repost it later, but he said that in Game Week 28, probably 10 teams blank. In Game Week 29, probably 10 teams double. To me, that so seems... So in 28, right? It's one of those weeks. It depends how well you can navigate the 28 blank. If you're lucky and it falls well enough for you, you fight through it. Because typically in a big blank game week, if the teams left are all bad teams, you don't really want to use a chip. But in 29, 10 teams double. That's what Ben says. Free hit break mm. for me, man. I think I think you, that's where you go for your ceiling. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Definitely not in 25. And I really... I see some people talk about 25. I get the logic. The logic is these are all bad teams who double in 25 except for Arsenal and therefore on paper, right? 
and therefore you don't want any of their players long term. So why not use the chip in twenty five? I get that logic, but I don't but see I any think Wolves players. I don't mind having a Kilman on my bench in and around the team for the next you know ten weeks. So fair. They, and they aren't all bad players. That's what I'm saying. Fair. And you probably don't mind having Tarkovsky at that price either. Yep. And you already have some Arsenal players. That's already watering down the chip. But more importantly, are any of these doubles like, oh my god, I need to target these doubles. Wolves away at Fulham and Liverpool. Eh, that's okay, I guess. Everton at home to Villa away at Arsenal. Okay, I guess. Like, these are not fixtures that, yes, I will use a chip here. Like, I think a City player against Bournemouth in a single probably outscores most of these guys with a bit of luck. So, yeah, I'm not in on free hitting in 25 unless your team is so badly set up you have no players yep true 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 so let's wrap up Sam with one last thing captaincy this week it feels Wait, before we do that right can I just say can I just talk about how annoyed I am by Karu Mitoma well, we said it, right? We said we're going to keep ignoring him because he doesn't play in 25 and he's going to keep scoring and all of those things have happened. And now he does not play in 25 and you can be certain he's going to score away at Palace. It's the M25 derby, Sam, because they all share a highway and apparently that's a big deal. I, I don't know why. Brighton Palace not even near, but that's a derby, so he will score. And then he plays Fulham. You say they don't keep clean sheets, so he will score again. Yeah. I'm really tempted to just forget all about the planning and just get in Mitoma because I can't stand watching him score anymore. You gotta be strong, Sam. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I'm so annoyed okay. because we were three minutes away from him blanking. I was praying. I was like, okay, we're almost there. And he had chances before that. And I was thinking, okay, finally, we're getting some luck here. Yeah. Right. The annoying thing, I think, Siva, is that you, you, I have to give credit to you because you spotted how good Mitoma was like. Ages ago. <laughs> you gotta cut this out, Siva. Hang on. Okay. Why, Sam? Is your daughter also agreeing that I spotted Kaoru Mitoma before anyone else? I'm gonna give credit to you, Siva. Because you spotted Mitoma ages ago before anyone else. Before any other... Uh, before I saw any other blogs or FPL sites mention him. And thanks to you, I took notice and I was like, wow, this kid is good. I'm going to bring him in. But just been fire after fire in the team. Double game weeks distracting us away from Mitoma while he has probably, you know, outscored all the double game week players so far. So Yeah, and that's a really important FPL lesson that I think hopefully, we'll forget it. You know, definitely this will happen again. Honorable it doesn't really matter. You see a guy and he plays well. If you don't bring him in, if you don't take that chance, if you don't be brave, just play your own game. If you kind of... And definitely at the first half of the season, I feel looking back, I was playing way too sort of, okay, what is everyone doing this week? Yeah, that makes sense. I'll do that too. I don't really do that anymore this week. I've stopped looking at live FPL. It's really healthy for me. I don't know what my rank is. I don't know what ownership is. People tell me, oh, Maris is very lowly owned. Really? That's good to know. I, I have no idea. I don't want to know. Oh, is it? You stopped looking at EO, Siva? I have... You may not believe me because I captain triple captain Rashford this week, but that had nothing to do with you. I just thought Rashford, he's like on form and he's scoring goals, and I I like that, so I went to Rashford. I have I don't know what EO is anymore. You have an idea because you look at Twitter, you see who people bring in, but I don't know. I don't want to know. I know I'm scoring above the average every week since the restart. That seems good, and that's all I want to know. I think 
if you can, is sort of try and step back. Just stop focusing on what other people are doing. You probably know more, especially all of us. We're sitting here. We're nerds. We listen to podcasts. We watch football. We watch analysis. We, we spend way more time on this game than a lot of people. Chances are you do probably know a bit more. Like how you say, Sam, I knew about Matoma before other people were willing to consider him. 4.5 midfielder. Why would you even go there? Sometimes just trust yourself. Of course, good go Agreed. wrong. Agreed. And with that, let's move on to captaincy this week. Yes, let's talk captaincy because it seems crazy to even bring this up in a double game week where Man City have a match. But people are asking, should you really captain Haaland this week? Is there someone else you should captain? Is there? Is Haaland even the best Norwegian captain this week? (laughs) Well, like I said, Odegaard has the most double double digit hauls of anyone this season who's not named Haaland. The only issue is that Haaland also has a double game week. Therefore, I can't look past Haaland this week. Oh, yeah, that's but... really tempting, but I can't look past Haaland. Yeah, I've I mean... been burned too many times. Siva. Oh, Sam, you're too going with EO. Times. Oh, that's, that's the EO talking. You're scared. You're scared that you're going to get burnt again. But, you know, just because you didn't captain Haaland one week and he scored a hat-trick, you're getting scared, Sam. No, every week I don't captain Haaland, he scores a hat-trick. Happened twice this season. First time against Wolves when I was like, you know what, I'm going to roll the dice and Captain Mares over Haaland. Boom, Haaland had trick. The first time was when they played Man United. I was like, everyone's captaining Haaland. I doubt they're going to do that well. You know, 10 hard ball. I'm not going to captain Haaland. And he has his biggest haul. 23.3 goals and 2 assists. So so I captain yeah. Haaland for all those weeks, Sam. But since you are captaining Haaland this week, and your logic is when you don't captain him, he gets a hat trick. Should I not then captain someone else? Because clearly when you do it, it's it's you're weakening the effect of Haaland captain. You know? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Don't captain Haaland, Siva. Captain Odegaard this week. I would honestly love to because Arsenal do have two home fixtures, right? And I think we are primed to sort of bounce back after the Everton disappointment. And I really like Odegaard. But nah, I think you go with Haaland because they're playing Villa at home. He is still... The striker who has who is on course to break all goal scoring records in the Premier League since the league began. So yes, they were awful against Spurs, but Spurs are of hate to say it, but on paper are of a high caliber. They had a really good game plan. They executed it well over the two games. I think Villa Arsenal. I'd back Haaland to score a few, and you would not be surprised if he scores a hat trick against a Villa side who did concede four goals last week. So I think yeah, Haaland for me. I. I'd, Captaincy is one of those things you you try, really shouldn't try and overthink it. Just go for the, you know, Captain Obvious, I think is what they say. Yes, I agree. However, if I end up not captaining Haaland, I'll be sure to let all of you guys know so that you guys can captain Haaland and enjoy a hat trick. That's good, Sam. We, we like to hear that. <laughs> all right, so I think that's us for this week. We will be back before Game Week 24. But in the meantime, Sam, anything else? Get those green arrows, guys. We'll see you next week. Take care. Yeah. Oh, this is the thing.